and welcome to the Company Watch on the Spot podcast. I'm Joe Kettner, CEO of Company Watch, and I'm joined by Nick Hood, Financial and Commercial Risk Analyst. Welcome, Nick. Good morning. If it if it is indeed a good morning. Well, I think it's it's a beautiful sunshine outside, but I think that's probably the only good news that we're going to bring people um, today, sadly. We're recording on the morning of Friday, the 5th of August, um, and this will be our last podcast until um, September. And I'm afraid we, we don't, as, as Nick has kind of alluded to, we don't have particularly cheery news to bring. Um, today's main topic will unsurprisingly be the MPC report, the Monetary Policy Committee report from the Bank of England, which was released um, yesterday. And frankly, I, I don't think I've read something as gloomy as this ever. I mean, they finally have got a grip. Well, I've got a grasp of what's going on. I'm not sure they've got a grip. Um, <laughs> well, I think, I think what I said to you, Joe, um, was that actually they, they appear to be awake at last. And, and, and my take on, the, on this report is if you are of a nervous economic disposition, don't read it because you will not be happy at the end of it. I mean, it's just shocking, isn't it? That it, it Every paragraph there's more bad news. I, I, it's very difficult to find any glimmer of of light in the in the reports. And I suppose the the, the big what are our big the big headlines that have been reported? Well, Nick? let's let, let's talk inflation first. Um, Nine point four percent, as we know, for June, and the bank is now saying it will peak in October at thirteen point three percent, which will be a forty two year high, and uh, will remain at very, quote, very elevated levels through 2023. Now, there they are saying 13.3%. They were sort of gazumped by the Resolution Foundation, uh, Torsten Bell, who came out um, before, the, the, early that morning, yesterday morning, and said, actually, we think the peak could be 15%, which is a sort of a bit of a headline grabber. 13.3 looks all a bit sort of precise and pallid by comparison. Um, and of course, you know, the the MPC report and all of Andrew Bailey's um, reports, uh, uh, comments since, focus, and really what they, what they bring out is the sheer number of challenges that the economy faces. So you've got, you know, the supply chain problems caused by COVID and very soon by the fact that I gather any day now, the um, the Rhine will be closed. We talked about it. We talked about it a few weeks ago, didn't we? A few weeks wow. ago. Um, so you've got um, uh, supply chain problems. Um, you've got Ukraine driving energy costs and commodity costs. You know, some good news, commodity costs coming off the peak but still horribly um, high. And then you go into the thing that is driving the domestic, if you like, the core inflation, which is labour force issues and, and, and pay growth. And, and it's, um, you know, it's quite clear that um, the action in raising interest rates is aimed at curbing pay yeah. You know that that awful spiral, yeah. which is now firmly it's taken it's home. Embedded, isn't it? It really feels like this is is it's. Well, if you look at the section of the report about recruitment, it says recruitment difficulties remained acute and employment intentions continued to be strong. As a result, pay settlements increased further. And uh, the they do this survey of, of their agents um, around the country and said pay settlements are now expected to increase by around 6% over the next 12 months. Um, 
And that's not taking into account that around a quarter of the people they spoke to either had or were considering giving one-off payments over and above that. So we're talking about 6% plus. And the bank's own figures for core inflation, as opposed to the uh, you know, energy energy um, price and gas price problem, is now predicting 6.25% by the end of 2022 because mainly of strengthening services prices uh, in inflation. You know, and, and, and you've got, again, we talk so much about business confidence here, and they, there's a survey out of, um, a Q2 survey uh, by Deloitte of CFOs, and mm-hmm. these will be major company CFOs, of course, and they expect inflation to still be at 3.4% in two years' time. And the bank is clearly signal, signaling peak of 13.3%, but broadly speaking, 10% through 2023. And then, These and, are, then, and then it falls miraculously to 2%. 2%. Yeah. Well, hallelujah. Um, so, of course, so that's inflation. Please, well, I think it's interesting. Not. Well, I think it, I, on that employment point, I think it's worth um, picking up something because they go on to say, the report, um, that although the labour market made loosen only slowly in response to falling demand, unemployment is expected to rise in 2023. And we talked about, you know, what actually, they, they don't then really explain why. And and you, the conclusion really is, well, isn't this because companies will start to, to fail, you know, people will lose their jobs because of yep. failing companies. It's not, we're not expecting an influx suddenly of, of, of workers who are looking for jobs. That doesn't seem to be on no. the horizon. So there is this kind of, um, I think, an unspoken expectation within the bank reports. And, you know, it, it kind of links into what I think we're going to talk about next in terms of the GDP fall. Yes. Um, yes. So and, you know, that, that really clearly has an implication, doesn't it? Yeah. So um, recession um, uh, due to start now in in is going to arrive like a, like, like a, a bus on, uh, on its timetable um, in October and will last throughout 2023 and into the first quarter of 2024. So five quarters recession. So overall fall peak to trough will be 2.1%, 1.25% drop in 2023, and a quarter percent drop in 2024. And that'll make it the first two-year contraction since the 1960s. Apologies wow. to everybody listening to this. There's an awful lot of biggest since, highest since. We thought we'd, we were through that, didn't we? We thought after yeah. 2020, we'd um, we'd kind of exhausted that. Um, so that you know, so uh, we have stagflation. We have stagnation, rather worse than stagnation, and we have inflation running riot. Mm. Uh, it is not a pretty sight. Um, at all. Um, other background uh, issues, real terms, household disposable income, 5% fall over the next two years, which is bigger than the early 1990s slump and worse than the stagflationary nightmare of the 1970s. Um, and that's even after government help with energy bills. So, which is um, but a drop in the ocean now, isn't it? Really, given the yeah. the, the latest news on the um, the increase of the price um, the price caps. Yeah, absolutely. So that isn't isn't going to help. Um, I mean, going back briefly to um, 
to GDP and, and recession. If you look further into the report, what comes across loud and clear is whichever sector they look at, there is a shortage problem. Um, business services, growth held back by the availability of staff, manufacturing held back by shortages of materials and components, labour shortages also constrain growth. Um, contacts reported shortages of sunflower oil, grain, timber, paper, construction materials, steel, IT equipment, titanium, electric motors, electronic components, and of course, microchips. Growth in construction constrained by shortages of labour, materials, and planning delays. You know, so... Um, I'm, and we I'm need investment, don't we? I mean, this is the this is the thing, you know. Yeah. And I think in the in the context of all this, the, these um, supply issues and uncertainty and the, the the outlook being really quite quite grim, that isn't an environment that it lends itself to business investment. And we can see, you know, the investment had fallen by 0.6 percent in Q1 2022, and it's been persistently lower than the their Bank of England yeah. um, expectations, and. I mean, they they acknowledge that that business growth is business investment is not going to happen while there is this this uncertainty. And as we know, you know, we talk about a lot. And I know, you know, our colleague Adam Stone will, will always say, but productivity is the um, you know productivity gains are the things that that drive growth and help us get out of the recession, particularly in this tight employment market. Um, and it's not very clear where where that will come from if people are not investing. Indeed, indeed, and of course, then that brings us to the final. Um, blow on the um uh on, on the mpc report was of course um interest rates up half percent biggest single rise since 1995 and um uh, of course when the interest rates were rising earlier in the year there was much talk about well don't worry about mortgages because so many people are on fixed um rates well there was an estimate yesterday that there are 1.3 million people um, who or households who will come off their fix in the next year, and they're going to walk straight into um, not just this half percent, but all the other hikes. You know, we've had what six? I think so. Yeah, six six rises in a row. Um, so they're going to walk into all of all of that sometime in the next um, uh, twelve months. And if I can add one one last little thing, and then maybe we can talk about um, something a bit more productive in risk management terms. Um, guess what? Outside the MPC, didn't mention it, house prices fell in July. Only by 0.1%, but I think that is a straw in a very chilly economic mm. wind. I would not be speculating on um, residential property prices okay. at the moment. Yeah, is that, I mean that whole. I mean that's a that's a subject for maybe another um, another forum. But you know, because of course the affordability um, test yeah. for mortgages has been has been scrapped, which I, I guess will will help actually. That you know there has been that kind of worry about cliff edge and 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 perhaps you know people will be able to actually get more affordable mortgages. You know, than, than have the affordability test been been still in place. But even so, it's still going to have a, another constraint on household um, it, it, disposable income. Um, yeah. which, again, is not going to help the economy grow, given that we are a consumer-led economy. Indeed. Shall we Indeed. move on to insolvencies? Because I think you've got some really interesting, you've done some interesting analysis on the yeah. insolvency stats. Yeah, I, I mean, the um, for some reason, the insolvency service, having published the June figures, then came out 
sort of a week later, 10 days later, and said, oh, by the way, let's tell you what's happened um, quarter on quarter. Well, I mean, OK, so that's fine. I mean, most people have done those sums. and, uh, and But anyway, the Gerald Insolvency Service published and said, hey, um, we're 81% up insolvencies, these company insolvencies, obviously, um, versus Q2 21. And we're 30 odd percent up on Q2 19. So pre-pandemic, you know, the most mm. obviously comparable. Um, and I thought, well, OK, that's interesting. I don't think it's telling me any anything I don't already know. And it's not saying anything that we haven't already talked about. However, being of a lateral thinking mind, um, I did wonder what was going on if you break it down sector by sector. And of course, one of those wonderful things is that when the insolvency service publishes the sector breakdowns, they're Excel spreadsheets, which you can you can edit. You can actually download them and edit them, which is, I think, fabulous. <laughs> um, so that's what I did. And I took the overall sector breakdown. So it's, it is a little bit blunt, but looked at the various categories and and worked out what the percentage increase in insolvencies was versus Q121, sorry, Q221, mm-hmm. and what it was if you go back pre-pandemic. Because yeah. I think we all believe that Q221 was still um, an aberration in the sense that uh, we were still under all sorts of controls to do with um, how it certainly wasn't a normal it was I mean there was a pickup wasn't there there absolutely but it was not a normal environment um, and and you find some really odd things Um, the number's relatively small but the 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 sectors with the biggest problems i.e. they're above trend so they're above the 80% 80%, for um, versus 21 and they're above the 30 odd percent for q2 19 are sectors like property now that could be to do with the fact that they went the best part of two years with no rent um uh it could be to do with uh the banks looking closely at where property was going and reviewing their portfolios and exiting from some of the support in that sector but um education um, up um, 88% versus 21 yeah. and 94% versus pre-pandemic. Wow. I mean, we, the, the thing we, we talked about earlier on, the, the, the other, the missing piece of the jigsaw is to understand how many new in corps there might have yeah. been because of the, you know, ch- structural changes of COVID and we haven't had a, haven't a, a chance to do that yeah. research. So there is a little bit, there might be some interesting nuance there, but even so that's, that's pretty pretty stark isn't it yeah and and the and the other one which uh, is is sort of my one of my specialist um, subjects if i ever did mastermind which i won't um is human health and social work activities and um they uh, the insolvencies in that sector were up 129% versus last year and 51% versus um pre pandemic and that may well reflect the, the certain specific social work sectors like domiciliary care in people's home, you know, care in people's homes, which is, a, a, it's a wasteland at the moment. Um, and, but uh, other sectors, uh, manufacturing, again, interesting, if you look versus last year, um, the answer is manufacturing insolvencies have doubled. Um, they, If you look back to pre-pandemic, they're only up 24%, but 
there's something going on in manufacturing. Um, wholesale and retail uh, insolvencies since last year have more than doubled. I don't have the breakdown between wholesale and retail. Mm. My suspicion is it's in retail. Mm. Um, but construction, which we always think of as a as a real lead indicator, absolutely bang on trend, exactly the same um, rise in insolvency numbers, both uh, versus 21 and versus 2019, as the economy as a whole. Which is which is uh, yeah. interesting. Anyway, I mean, this is something. If if we can, if I can turn this into something vaguely useful for people, maybe you can link to it. Absolutely, yeah, that would be uh, always useful to 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 look at because it does give you a a sense. And as, as we always say, don't we? And I think this is what's coming out of the insolvency numbers and the the Bank of England report is that the granularity and looking really closely at the 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 individual risk. Um, you know, certainly segmenting because you're not going to be able to do the whole whole portfolio, but segmenting a portfolio and then kind of concentrating on criticality either by spend or by you know how um, how important it is within the within a process that, that you're running on the supply side. That's that's where the time needs to be. Um, Absolutely, to be spent. and you're looking at the you know what the numbers are telling you, and you're looking at also what the management teams are like, because we're in for a very very rough yeah. two years. And as you keep saying, nobody's really had experience of no. of managing in this um, in these times, have they? Really, and without the support this time, because of course last time with, with COVID, of course it was all more dramatic in terms of you know the, the scale of the falls and the speed, but there was a whole load of of government support that really kind of ride that cushion. And there doesn't really seem, I mean, we have a government at the moment, but there doesn't really seem to be any sign that that kind of level of support is coming back. So it's really, businesses really are on their own yeah. um, from potentially quite weak, um, weak balance sheets to um, yes. to come out of this. So that's the insolvency sector breakdown. Well, thank you. It really interesting. And yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I apologise again that we haven't had um, brighter news to um, to bring, but I hope that that's been a helpful overview of um, of some of the details of, of the of the reports that have come out um, this week. Nick, thank you so much as ever for, your, <laughs> for navigating. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure it is a pleasure, but um, it has to be done. It has to be done indeed, and you, you do it so so brilliantly. Thank you very much. Thanks, everybody, um, for listening. Um, please, I, I was actually told the other day that I should say, if, if you're enjoying this podcast, please do share it with with other people who you think might be be interested. Um, you know, we, we we spend time preparing it, and it's really it's great to be able to share this information. So, if you think anybody else might might benefit from from listening, then please please do share. Um, until September, to Nick, to our listeners, goodbye. <laughs> bye bye.